After all he had been through the week before, Ian Book running in for the game-winning touchdown in the final seconds. Relief for the Irish quarterback after the embarrassing loss to Michigan. And an alma mater, the Irish team needed to taste in victory. You saw it out there, you saw the heart, you saw the desire, you saw the passion. And shoot, man, to sing the fight song of those guys is the best one every single week, but a win like this is awesome. It's far from perfect in Notre Dame land as the Irish head to Duke tonight, but the wheels aren't off the bus and the Irish are hoping they're back on the winning track. Live from the Redeemer Radio 95.7 studios in the shadows of the Golden Dome, this is Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. The first college football playoff rankings came out this week, and well, they didn't really matter that much for Notre Dame fans as the Irish are squarely out of the college football playoff picture. Notre Dame's 15th in the initial rankings. The goal now, win out, get to the top 10, and secure a spot in a New Year's Six Bowl game. Welcome to Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Notre Dame FCU, where you bank does matter. I'm Angel DiCarlo, joined as always by Kevin Downey. Notre Dame 6-2 after edging Virginia Tech 21-20 last week. Ian Book getting it done when it mattered the most for a touchdown with 29 seconds left in the game as the Irish able to bounce back from the loss at Michigan. Kevin, if Ian Book doesn't score, man, are we having a much different conversation right now about the state of the Irish program. But one play can make a big difference. Well, in that whole drive, I think it answered some of the questions that people had about uh, him and obviously facing the adversity this year. But, yeah, that was exciting. What a great uh, way to end the game for the Irish fans. All right, on tap on this morning's show, our Focus on Faith segment is with former Irish captain Kyle McCarthy, who announced this week he is now Five years cancer-free, opens up about his cancer battle for the first time and explains how his Catholic faith played such a big role during those most difficult times five years ago. We will, of course, break down the matchup with Duke tonight on the road in Durham. Our poll question, how confident are you that Notre Dame will win its final four games in the regular season? Your options, very confident, confident, not confident, and it won't happen. We will go in-depth on that topic next segment. You can join the conversation, make your vote heard. Head to my Twitter account, at Carlo. Give us a vote if you give us a reason why in the comments section. Uh, we may read your result next segment. Uh, we will also give our biggest concerns that could lead Notre Dame to losing one of those last four games here. Uh, programming note for tonight, the game versus Duke is on the ACC Network. If you have Comcast... You ain't going to get the ACC network, everybody. So uh, be, pay attention to find out what you exactly have. Um, if you're like me, uh, you know, I'll be signing up for the free one-week trial on YouTube TV, then canceling and uh, <laughs> making sure I can get a hold of the game. Or you can find a friend or a neighborhood bar, perhaps, to, to watch the game. But uh, don't wait until 7.30 to figure out, hey, wait a minute, why is, true. why is this not on Watch ESPN or anything like that? That could be the problem. All right, let's get into this and let's talk about Ian Book. Uh, 
29 to 53 uh, last week, 336 yards, two touchdown passes, did have two interceptions, uh, really had a third interception, got lucky that they they called a penalty on, on roughing the passer, uh, but in the end got that huge touchdown drive, uh, two fourth down conversions on that final drive, and then the touchdown run. Uh, Kevin, where, where do you see him mentally right now? Well, I think uh, he's a big confidence guy, and I honestly I think that uh, the Michigan game may have knocked down his confidence a little bit, but I think uh, just watching, you could almost feel just the emotion and everything uh, with that winning drive at the end of the game against Virginia Tech. So, yeah, I think he's going to be doing great. And, again, he's one where you're watching it. it the stats don't really match up. It always feels a little bit uh, yuckier than what it looks at the end when you sit back and look. So 29 to 53 for 55%, 336 yards. I mean, that's that's pretty good. But, um, yeah, I, I just think – I still think he uh, has a lot to offer, and obviously he has to have that confidence back. So this should be a uh, interesting next four games. Yeah, I mean, so much talk about Ian Book coming out of the game versus Michigan. People saying he should uh, be benched for Phil Dracovic. He was getting hammered on social media. Yep. After the game, here's what Ian Book had to say when he spoke with the media. What's your week been like leading up to the game? What, what's your week of practice been like? What's mood around you been like? Mm -hmm. um, this week was about our team. It was just about, you know, uh, having the, the strong love for each other and just going out there having fun and playing for each other. Um, there's a lot that goes on. There's a lot that's said, that's said about Notre Dame and whatever that may be, and that, all that stuff doesn't matter. Uh, and our team did a really good job tonight of just being resilient and just focusing on ourselves and, and getting a win. A win's a win, and, um, you know, we're, we're extremely proud about winning tonight, and that's, that's what matters. Ian, over here to your right. Uh, where does the confidence come from going in that last drive after things hadn't gone wrong last week and this week you had two interceptions, a third that was called back for roughing the passer? Where where do you get that confidence to not to just eliminate all that stuff in the past and move forward and make a game with um, touchdown? I'm just an extremely confident person, but I also truly just believe in everyone on the offense and on my whole entire team. Um, you know, I knew we could do it. You know, last week was last week. We forgot about that. We moved on and. Um, I'm just confident in all the guys. We work so hard every day, and we're playing for each other, and that's when you can make some pretty awesome things happen. Uh, what are you feeling right now? Is it more relief or is it exhilaration? You seem pretty calm. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty calm. Uh, <laughs> I'm extremely excited, and I'm just happy for the team. And um, you know, this week this week was about us. I can't really stress that enough. Coach Kelly did a great job of um, you know kind of displaying that message. It's about us. There's a lot. There's a lot that's said about Notre Dame, and Notre Dame's in the spotlight. And when you lose some things, you know, you hear it, and it's not the best, and none of that matters. So I was just focused on the team, extremely confident in the guys on offense, and, um, you know, the, we just play for each other. And that's, that's, since I've been here, that's the main thing about Notre Dame I've noticed. We all love each other and play so hard for each other. Ian, I understand pointing to the team, and it's all about the team, but you are human as well. And I'm sure you have to hear some of the negativity surrounding you and the team and the performance. Is there some degree or level of vindication tonight? Um, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean by that exactly? Because, yeah, I mean, you come to Notre Dame and play quarterback, you're going to, you know, they're going to love you when you win, they're going to hate you when you lose. And it's part of growing up, part of being mature. Um, but again, it's 
it's really I only care about the guys in, on the team. That, that's it. And um, it's about blocking the noise and playing for each other. Yeah, I'm so happy that he could cap it off. Just be- uh, that's and that's Ian Book there uh, after the game again. That was right after the game. I thought it was very interesting. That's why I wanted to play four or five questions yep. that that Ian had to say, saying he's very confident, but. He's saying that, Brian Kelly's saying that, but it, it, it makes you wonder, man, it, it, is this stuff getting to him? Obviously, um, it did get to him in some forms, right? He admitted that, 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 that he heard it. And I think, I think that's something that people, you know, they're like, well, you know, people, you know, quarterbacks in the past, they didn't have, they, they're able to block this stuff out. Well, you couldn't easily get to talk to a quarterback. Yeah, if you yeah. sat next to him in class, you could, but like, the 52-year-old Notre Dame fan that lives in, you know, the middle of nowhere in Nebraska couldn't get his voice heard to Ian Book. Now on social media, they you're can. You're connected, yeah. And so you're going to hear – there's a lot more noise to hear, and like you said, <laughs> from anyone all over the country. So uh, what did you make of what what he kind of had to say right after the game there? I think, honestly, the the look on his face after he scored and they were, you know, mauling him in the uh, end zone up against the wall, that kind of said it all to me. Now, through his words, and as you know, I am a, a fan of Ian Book. I think he's uh, good, and I, I do think – it's the people around him. Obviously, it's a team sport, but he is um, – I think he's confident. I think that he, you know, is the, the best option moving forward. And for them to uh, try to finish the season strong, he's going to have to play well, but it does come down to people around him. We want to thank Tyrac for being such great supporters of us here at Redeemer Radio. The folks at Tyrac underwrite our internship program with high school students from Marion and St. Joe. The students are getting college-level internship experience, thanks in large part to the generosity of Tyrac. More tires, great prices. Visit Tyrac.com. All right, Chase Claypool put out a tweet last week in support of his quarterback. We spoke with Chase this week about what it meant to see Ian get the game-winning touchdown last week yeah I'm so happy that he could cap it off just because you know it, pro- it proves um, all the haters wrong really all the naysayers um, you know if you lose they're gonna hate you just like he said and if you win they're gonna love you so you know we're not too caught up and worried about it but I'm happy that he was able to finish that drive off at the same time you should put out a tweet last week to kind of support him a little bit what was your mindset throwing that out there uh, you just supporting you know a brother of mine um, I think no one should have to go through that, and I think he handled it really well. But um, I think it's kind of kind of silly that people, you know, put just kids under that type of pressure and scrutiny after you know a tough loss. That was Chase Claypool, and uh, that was Tuesday, and of course he was talking about what Ian Book had to go through uh, after the Michigan game. Um, again, interesting that you know Claypool also seeing this that he's like mm-hmm. he's seeing it and i assume he's seeing how it's affecting ian during the week that maybe he will, or maybe not i don't know it's hard to know exactly just what a good teammate or just be, and he's gonna he's gonna and he's gonna back up his guy but uh certainly interesting in that regard for the season book is 145 of 249 he's only 58 percent completion percentage 229 yards per game 17 touchdowns four interceptions now 10 of those 17 touchdowns came against New Mexico and Bowling Green. So that's the big caveat in this. In the games that have mattered, he only has seven touchdowns. Um, so I, I think that's still – it's not like he's playing 
outstanding football here. He's definitely not playing as well as he did last year, in my opinion. And and Brian Kelly has uh, disregarded this, but I think it is as simple as the defenses know what Ian Book can do now, the opposing teams, and I think they're just adjusting, and Notre Dame hasn't been able to find the answer to counter that. Uh, what do you think about that? Well, I, I think it comes down to the people that are around him. So, okay. again, you're uh, saying no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, uh, Claypool, great example. He is by far and away their best wide receiver, their best option to get the ball to. He made that phenomenal catch where yes. he drug his foot. I mean, yeah, you can look great throwing a pass, but somebody has to catch it. And then they have offensive line um, issues. Again, they're they're strong enough with recruiting that there's not a huge drop-off, but obviously the starters are going to be better than the backups. The lack of running games problematic. I mean, I really think, you know, we'll get into it a little bit more in depth, but that puts more pressure on the quarterback. And then, um, I mean, you got great tight end play, but basically you have, uh, what, the core guys. So you have five linemen, Ian Book makes six, and then uh, one tight end, wide, one wide receiver. You need some support or those guys around him to, uh, to do more. It is a lot to put on Ian Book. But, again, that's why you go to the University of Notre Dame, right? You want to be in the spotlight. So yeah. I think he can handle it. Well, and you know that there's going to be the noise, and I think he does understand that. And we heard from Ian uh, about always being a confident guy. Brian Kelly spoke Monday about how he saw Book w was a confident person in high school and, and that you kind of have to be to be the quarterback at Notre Dame to withstand that. I followed up on that with Coach Kelly on Monday. Coach, uh, with, with Ian, uh, we talk about his confidence, but I'm just wondering – do you feel making that play at the end of the game will allow him to be more loose maybe? Do you feel like he's been loose or do you think maybe? No, he, how would he be loose last week? <laughs> no, I mean, he had to endure a pretty difficult week and, and so the whole team was tight. I mean, especially the offensive side of the ball. But he's come through it. I mean, he should be loose and excited and uh, should have fun. Uh, we're going to talk about that uh, when we get back together uh, today. Um, he's gone through the worst of it. Uh, this should be the best of it for him. This should be a great launching pad for him to go out and, and, and really be excited about playing and um, play with great confidence. But, um, no, it was a tough week for him, and, and certainly um, he had to grind through it. But, but getting through it, which he did, um, I think should prove him um, well moving forward from here on out. And then in the bigger picture, has that been maybe the case all year, whereas last year, maybe as the guy that came in next, he could be more loose, and then this year the expectations are so much higher for him? Yeah, I mean, you put a C on your jersey, you uh, have high expectations. Um, you know, a lot of that, you know, plays on, you know, he's 21 years old. I mean, that's a lot. Um, no excuses, uh, comes with the territory, and, and he signed up for this duty. Uh, but sometimes you have to manage it and, and uh, work your way through it. I think he worked through the, the most difficult circumstances that he's going to have, and I think the rest should be, uh, let's go. Let's take this thing and run with it. And then you talk about confidence being such a critical part to being the quarterback at Notre Dame. No doubt. I know when we talked to Phil after the spring game, it appeared the confidence was certainly lacking. Yeah. Where is he in that area, and uh, is that a concern in any way in his development? No, I think he's, he's done really well. I think his, uh, his development um, personally in terms of his own um, 
uh, uh, confidence, self-confidence has grown immeasurably, his maturity level, uh, where he believes he can go out and uh, compete at the highest level. And I think uh, great credit to him that he came back um, through, uh, you know, not having a great spring to having a really, really good camp and, and showing that uh, he's capable of leading this football team. So some interesting thoughts there from Brian Kelly on both Ian Book and Phil Dracovic. You know, as soon as he went, they started talking about all this confidence, you got to be confident, you got to be confident. I'm like, well, now wait a minute. Dracovic was a shell yeah. uh, after the spring game. I mean, he was beating himself up galore, almost to the point that, like, members of the media are almost like, it's okay. It's Yeah, it's <laughs> it's not that bad, man. Like, you'll be all right. Like, you're almost like, whoa, you didn't expect it, which it was a refreshing sign that you got that kind of honesty. But, you know, you're worried about the kid's psyche and, you know, whether or not you want to believe Brian Kelly or not. Of course, he's going to say he's confident now, but it, it sounds like he is. But, I, you know, I just thought it was interesting. You know, I, I do think there is a difference when you're now the guy as the quarterback, when Ian Book this year versus kind of last year when he was the – Hey, everyone loves Everyone's the back. Favorite, exactly. Everyone loves the backup quarterback, right? Yep. Well, and I think it just goes to the the overall not personalities of Ian Book or Jakovic, but the the overall, um, I guess, kind of weight or responsibility or you know just the attention you get being Notre Dame's starting quarterback or <laughs> Notre Dame's in the quarterback room, right? You're going to have a lot of attention. All your games being uh, nationally televised, and and that just comes with some of the. The good and the bad of, of being in Notre Dame, what makes it special. All right, Fiddler's Hearth in downtown South Bend is a great place to grab a drink, eat a great dinner, and listen to live music. A locally owned public house, Fiddler's Hearth, has 24 beers on tap, so your options are plentiful. It's also family-friendly, and they have a great Sunday brunch from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. They want to reward the loyal listeners of Redeemer Radio. Just mention you heard Fiddler's Hearth on Redeemer Radio to your server. You get... 10% off your food and soft drinks. That's Fiddler's Hearth on Main Street in downtown South Bend. Still to come, our Focus on Faith interview is with 2009 Notre Dame captain Kyle McCarthy, who reached a major milestone this week. He's five years cancer-free. Kyle opens up about his battle and how faith helped guide him through it. And when we return, can Notre Dame win out the rest of the season? We will give our biggest concerns as to why they may not is quarterback play on the top five list of that. We'll find out next when Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays returns here on Redeem Radio 95.7. What's the difference between Notre Dame Federal Credit Union and a bank? Well, banks are owned by investors looking to make a profit. Notre Dame FCU is different. We are a not-for-profit member-owned cooperative. Our mission is to help our members improve their lives by providing products and services that save them money. If we end up with too much money ourselves, we simply give it away to our members' favorite charities. Last year, over a million dollars. You already share our values. Why not share in our benefits? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Our title sponsor for Irish Sports Saturdays is Notre Dame FCU. Did you know that Notre Dame Federal Credit Union provides financial assistance to help our members at participating Catholic schools? To find out the details, ask your local Catholic school principal. Notre Dame Federal Credit Union, you raise share values. Why not share in our benefits? Angel DiCarlo, along with Kevin Downey, back here with you here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. And uh, our Twitter poll question, how confident are you that Notre Dame will win out in the regular season your options were very confident confident not confident and it won't happen uh kevin what would uh 
Well, let's start with this. What's your guess on what the uh, the Twitterverse uh, had to say uh, with their vote? Who do you think wins the vote based on the, um, what Twitter has to say? I'm thinking uh, confident. I think very confident and it won't happen or <laughs> out of it. Okay. Uh, and what's your personal opinion? Uh, I'm confident, but very hesitant. I, I think <laughs> any one of these games could be a trap game. <laughs> I like. I wish I would have made that as a category. Very hesitant. That would have been a good one. All right. Uh, very confident got 22% of the vote, so I'm kind of surprised it got that high. Uh, confident was the winner at 36%. Not confident at 35%. It won't happen. Only got 7%. Um, but maybe the not confident is probably in your hesitant you know, yep. uh, category. And that's kind of where I am. I'm in that hesitant, you know, uh, not confident land. Doesn't mean they won't do it, but, uh, you know, you just you just worry about what can happen, especially when you have uh, Navy rolling into town next week, ranked in the top 25, and they've got a great offense, and they like to control the football, and you got to maximize possessions. So, but that's next week. All right, let's look at our five biggest concerns rest of the season as to why we think Notre Dame may not win the final four games. Let's start at number five for you. I think it's, uh, you know, the strengths of the team coming in and to see if their strengths can overcome the weaknesses if they put there. So what do I mean? Like the offensive line, even with a couple injuries and people being out, again, that core group, the quarterback, one wide receiver and one tight end, can those is, are those guys going to be able to step up enough to make up um, for some of the other surrounding players to kind of help out? And then on defense, it's the same thing. The defensive line coming in was supposed to be really good, and the safeties are supposed to be really good. If they up their play enough, can they help as a whole unit and kind of uh, hide some of the weaknesses that they may have at different levels? You know, we're kind of on the same page there. My number five is the defensive line play just hasn't lived up to expectations. Um, not to say they're bad, but they needed to be dominant. When Notre Dame yeah. is when Notre Dame is its best, you know, in the Brian Kelly era, 2012, you know, that defensive line was uh, amazing yep. with Lewis Nix, Stefan Tuitt, and Capron Lewis Moore. Last year, we saw how dominant the defensive line was with Kareem, Aquara, Jerry Tillery, yep. you know, and, and, and Bonner. But they, they just haven't been that dominant force. They've been very good. Very good. But they haven't been, but they haven't been top five elite in the country, which I feel like they were in 2012 and, and last year. So I, I've got – and then that especially gets me worried for next week against Navy um, when you're going to be facing an option offense like that. All right, you're number four. I think it's the injuries. You know, the having two starters off of the offensive line, so that means now you have three people um, – that have that starting experience. And again, they recruit well enough on offense that you're, I don't think it's going to be blatant where it's going to, you know, be like targets for the uh, opposing defensive lines. But those, that just makes me nervous. And then, you know, they're pretty thin on defense at, at corner, to be honest with you. Yes. I, I think, um, I think that, you know, that's just a concern. It, even if you take injuries out of it, uh, you know, I, I just think that, they at times have had some trouble matching up with really good wide receivers for the opponents. Uh, I um, number four, I'm going with quarterback play. It's not on your list at all, but I think the psyche of the quarterback and and, and more importantly his ability to to complete more passes has to be in there. My number three is kind of similar to your number four in a way, but I have it in a broader scope. I, I have the run game. 
question marks with the running backs and now the offensive line with Tommy Kramer and Robert Hainsey out, you know, and, and whether or not Notre Dame can can get the job done in that regard. Um, and I know that's, you know, that run game is higher up on your list, but let's go yep. with your, uh, your number three. My number three would be Notre Dame's defense. Uh, weakness kind of at the linebacker level, so matching up both run and pass, and I think it – it just creates an issue uh, either personnel or schematically whenever they have um, the linebackers matched up, e again, either to stop the run, which is half their job, or in modern football, especially with all the underneath passes and with all the passing, to match up. So, like, for example, when there are any three-by-one or trips formations, that puts a lot of pressure on whatever – the uh, spot is at that linebacker level to cover number three and to be able to stop the run. And it, it's kind of shown its weakness uh, time and time again. And unfortunately, even in some of their substitution packages where they bring in the six defensive backs. So that's just something kind of schematically that, that makes me nervous. And again, if you can't stop the run, or you get uh, mismatches consistently in the past, then that's going to be a problem. And your number two? Definitely uh, Notre Dame just not being very good at running the ball. You know, personnel-wise, they don't really have that explosive uh, running back. But then now with the offensive line issues, and then again, that puts more pressure on the quarterback position. I think that, you know, that is just uh, tough when you're, you're not physical and you cannot run the ball. It puts more pressure on everyone. Brian Kelly asked this week if he's concerned about the run game with his two best offensive linemen, Robert Hainsey and Tommy Kramer, now out. I think you have to go into the game um, with uh, the sense that those guys can come in and get the job done. We, we believe they can. Um, both of them are uh, really good players. Lug's a highly recruited player. Now his opportunity is, is now, and we expect him to compete um, at a high level for us. And, and Trevor's a veteran. Um, he'll do a nice job for us. Um, so, no, you can't – I don't think you can ever go and say, you know, all right, these two guys are recruited to Notre Dame. We can't run the football because of that. We've got to go in there with the confidence that these guys can get the job done. Josh Lugg, 6'7", 307 pounds, a four-star recruit, now a junior. Trevor Rulin, five-year player, has overcome an insane amount of injuries. He might not be able to play every down. Uh, Dylan Gibbons could see time, but definitely a concern there. And I know Brian Kelly is going to go with a, the next man in. He could lose three more offensive linemen, and he's going to say that. Uh, but this is really, I think, the brink of it for Notre Dame. They basically have had okay, we got seven offensive linemen that probably can go. Mm -hmm. These are the two. If you get beyond this, it's an issue. And then Ruland, can Ruland make every down is going to be a problem. So uh, certainly uh, that could be a factor. All right, let's go with my number two. I'm going with the it factor. This just doesn't feel like a 10-2 and two team. And, and that's what they would have to be yep. if they won the final four games. And that's what we're talking about. So there's just too many holes. We, yeah. we've, we pinpointed them. We, we, could, we could have made a list of 10, and uh, our concerns are going to far outweigh the strengths of this team. So I'm going to go with the it factor number two. Um, all right, we're, t we're talking about the five biggest concerns of the uh, rest of the season as to why Notre Dame may not win the final four games. Kevin, your number one reason. I'd say the Michigan meltdown. Just as a coach, if you have seen your group of guys, your team, totally not perform, um, not not living up to even your own uh, expectations, then that just makes you a little scared. And then as a player, 
again, if you're a really good player, you may try to push really hard so that never happens again. And if you're somebody that um, really needs to improve, it could really hurt your confidence too. So, I again, if – and maybe that's my hesitancy, right? I want them to win every game because it's a lot more fun to uh, to watch their games every week. But with having that uh, performance where you just didn't show up, it's always going to be in the back of your mind for the rest of this year. Yeah, I I, I'm in the same boat. I'm going with mental psyche overall. You know, this season just it, it feels like it's hanging on by a thread. Um, and it can implode at any minute. Obviously, Ian Book doesn't score that touchdown. They don't they don't win the game. I mean, we're in implosion mode right now, right? Yeah. I mean, all uh, you know, Notre Dame Nation's going ballistic. Uh, the players don't have answers. Brian Kelly doesn't have answers. And at any point, look, look what happened. You lose at Duke tonight. We're going to be in implosion mode. You, you know, you lose next week to Navy at home. You're going to start being in implosion mode. You know, you lose to Boston College. You're going to be in implosion mode. Maybe if you lost, if you won the final three games and then you lost at Stanford, maybe you wouldn't be. They're going to be disconnect. You know, people upset about it. But you know, maybe there wouldn't be. You finish nine and three in the regular season. I, I don't think it would be an implosion of any kind. But I, I think that mental psyche is still delicate because of what you said. The fallout from the Michigan game. All right, the Marion Knights won their fifth straight sectional championship last night with a win over Jimtown. Now Marion shoots for a regional championship in our Tyrac Game of the Week next Friday on the road at Knox. Tailgate Talk gets you started at 6 with the Tyrac Game of the Week to follow Friday night on Redeemer Radio 95.7. When we return, Kyle McCarthy began what he thought would be his path to being a future Notre Dame football head coach when he became a grad assistant in 2014. Just a few months later, he was diagnosed with cancer. Now he's five-year cancer-free. He reflects back on his cancer battle and how faith helped guide him through it. Next on Focus on Faith, you're listening to Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays on Redeemer Radio 95.7. We know you like football. So do we. We're TireRack.com, and this is our version of a two-minute drill, except it's only 30 seconds. TireRack.com has an enormous selection of tires. Not sure which ones to buy? Use our tire decision guide to find the right tires for your vehicle and the way you drive. Then get them shipped fast and free on all orders over $50. Shipping is in as little as one day. Free. TireRack.com ships to independent, recommended, and TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Touchdown! And welcome back to Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. If you like all things Notre Dame, be sure to stay tuned for Church Life today. Coming up right after us, Lenny Lorenzo of the McGrath Institute for Church Life is your host. That's next year on Redeemer Radio with replays tonight at 6 and Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. Angel DiCarlo, Kevin Downey back with you here. Kyle McCarthy, 29, Notre Dame captain in safety, returned in 2014 as a grad assistant, immediately learned he had stage 3 testicular cancer. Didn't know if he'd be able to have kids as he was going through the process. This week, Kyle announced he was five years cancer-free. He's now married and does have a two-year-old. He's he says his Catholic faith was there for him every step of the way. Here's Focus on Faith with Kyle McCarthy. Well, uh, awesome news for you this week. Uh, got that big milestone, five years cancer-free. Uh, what's this this week been like for you to to reach that important milestone in your life? Yeah, it it's, uh, certainly is a welcoming news. Um you know, it's crazy. It, it doesn't seem like it was five years ago when I was going through everything, uh, you know, with the cancer situation back at Notre Dame. But, 
yeah, it's been five years. It's one of those things where, you know, you try to put it out of your head a little bit as you go through life, but uh, it's hard uh, not to think about at times. So uh, hitting that milestone is, is certainly a blessing and, and uh, uh, don't take anything for granted and, and uh, really, really excited, happy, and, and looking forward to the future. You, you know, you were, what, 27, 28 years old when, when you get diagnosed with stage 3 t- testicular cancer. You were just out of the NFL. You, you were in prime health. What what was going through your mind when you found out about this? Because you had to be just wondering, how how is this happening to me? I'm in such good health. Yeah, no, it, it was an absolute, complete shock and um, you know, I wasn't uh, very good at football athletics, so I did work really hard on the uh, nutrition and training side. So, um, was you know, by all accounts, a you know pretty healthy guy, um, and uh, complete shock. You know, I think part of that almost added to you know um, things progressing and spreading because I think I just tried to uh, tough it out. I was having a lot of pain in my stomach and lower back, and um, you know, just kind of thought it was a sports hernia or something like that and just kept coaching and kept working out, honestly. And then finally things just got, got so, so bad and, and painful that I knew there's, there's clearly something wrong. So, um, yeah, complete, complete, complete shock. Absolutely. And then when, when you found out what, uh, what went through your mind and how difficult was that to, to process that at, at su- such a young age? Yeah, it was difficult. You know, I, I, I didn't, uh, you know, my grandmother actually passed away from, from lung cancer and, um, you know, so, I, but I didn't have a, a great, um, understanding of, of the disease and, um, you know, really kind of hit you in the face with it, especially when I was, you know, informed that it had spread and things like that. And, and, uh, you know, without really understanding the treatment protocol and, and the type and form of cancer that I had, I'll tell you what, it, it was a, a devastating, um, you know, 24 to 36 hours immediately following the diagnosis. Uh, when you just kind of hear in your head, Hey, you have stage three cancer. And, um, you know, it, it's hard not to, uh, think how, you know, where that's going. And, um, you know, luckily, um, you know, I was blessed, uh, even right there in South Bend with, um, incredible doctors and oncologists and, and um, Dr. Aziz Ansari, uh, was the fellow's name who was just a complete blessing and brought me in and, uh, you know, put his arm around me and let me know that, uh, Hey, you know, we think that we're going to have a decent chance at this thing. And, and here's the plan that we're going to put in place and, um, let's go, let's go execute it. And, uh, you know, you don't really have many options, as the patient in that situation and you just trust uh, and believe in the doctors and, and what they see and, and uh, lay out for you and, and go attack it. I imagine there had to be a lot of prayers going on for at that time for you. And how much did maybe your faith mm-hmm. help you get through uh, those incredibly difficult times? Yeah. You know, it was, um, I, you know, you can't really put into words, um, you know, what faith does for you in a situation like that. And, and, uh, you know, I grew up in a very, you know, strict Irish Catholic family and, and, um, you know, my mom is, is really the, the driving force behind that and, and has an incredibly strong faith. And, um, you know, she drove up the five hours from Youngstown, Ohio, as, as soon as they got the diagnosis. And we just, you know, both sat, prayed, cried, um, you know, the whole nine and, and really, you know, put this in God's hands and, 
you know, it's everything happens for a reason type of thing. And, and you, you certainly question what the hell that reason is <laughs> at that time. But, uh, um, you know, you just have to really, um, you know, trust in God's plan. And, um, you know, that's what my family and I did. And it truly, truly, um, you know, gave gave me the confidence and, and peace of mind that, you know, whatever this plan is and, and wherever it's going is, is, is for the right reasons and, and something that, uh, uh, you know, you just have to have, have trust in and have faith in. You mentioned your mom being so faithful. And uh, so how, how, when you were growing up as a kid and you and Danny are running around, what, what, how, how much of a role did, uh, how much of a role did uh, faith play in your guys' lives as kids? Oh yeah, no, I have, you know, three brothers. So we have, you know, um, my mom had four boys. There's a special place in heaven for a mom of four boys. I'll tell you that, <laughs> especially with a, a kid of my own now, but, um, uh, just huge, huge, huge. Um, you know, from a young age, uh, you know, church on Sundays and, and, um, you know, getting dressed up on Sundays and, and understanding, uh, the importance of, of, you know, being a Christian and having God in your life and, um, you know, having him being a pillar in, in all things that you do. So uh, that was, you know, I, I, my grandmother, my father, you know, everyone has that. But I, I would say that, you know, my mom was certainly a driving force and, and still is to this day. And, and just get the constant reminder that, uh, you know, hey, don't lose lose sight of what's important and who you are. And, and, and that all is all stems from, you know, your faith and, and uh, your trust in God and his plan. I think everyone finds their their faith or grows their faith uh, more in in certain times of their lives. Did did you find yourself appreciating your faith more now after having gone through all this? Absolutely, yeah. I think I think one of the the lasting effects, um, you know, from that uh, curveball, I guess you could say, that I was given is you know really the the experiences that I had in the oncology unit where. Um, you know, you're showing up each and every day and, and, you know, chemotherapy is kind of depending on what exact situation you have, but it's, it's a long process and it's a long day where you're just kind of hooked up to an IV for eight hours and you really get to, you know, almost mingle with people from all different walks of life and in different situations in, in their own lives and their own health. And, um, you know, you hear their stories and what drives them and, and, um, it was just just an incredible blessing, uh, in a sense, to, to experience that. And you know, when I think back to my journey, that's 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 the most lasting impression is that you know, not to take life for granted, and that and that everyone is going through their own trials and tribulations, and and to respect and appreciate uh, you know everyone's own life and and what they're going through. 2009 Notre Dame football captain Kyle McCarthy joining us here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. This is our Focus on Faith interview. Kyle celebrating five years cancer-free this week. And, and Kyle, you mentioned having a uh, young child of your own now. Um, you know, you battled testicular mm-hmm. cancer. So um, how much of a fear was that of maybe not being able to have children in the future? Yeah, no, certainly. Um, you know, listen, I think, you know, I've always been one of those guys that, that kind of always envisioned having a, a big family and, and um, kids running around and, and all that stuff. And, and uh, it absolutely uh, was a, a concern, uh, both of myself, my family and the doctors, uh, that, that that was something that might not, you know, 
come to fruition uh, with the situation and the hand that I was dealt. But, uh, um, you know, luckily, um, you know, things after the chemotherapy and the surgeries, um, you know, worked out in our favor and, and, uh, uh, everything's a okay on that front. And again, I think I just attribute that to, um, certainly God's plan and, and, uh, the faith that we have in him as a family. And then also, uh, just the incredible support, uh, of, of, you know, those in the medical community that, that helped me through it. So, um, uh, it truly was a team effort and with, uh, with a blessing from the man upstairs and, um, uh, just can't tell you how much of a, gosh, how much of a, a blessing my, my two-year-old is on us, uh, on, on now I, 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 not a day goes by where I don't thank God for her. She, I mean, it's, it's just an incredible blessing in my life. Oh, we're so happy to hear that, and that, that's such wonderful news. Uh, uh, is is she a future Notre Dame athlete? You think you you seen signs yet? <laughs> uh, I'm looking for signs, absolutely. <laughs> um, you know, I, so we're 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 looking there. We're we're gonna start with the academic route first, and if the athletic thing uh, follows suit, well, I won't I won't uh, hinder anything. But. Uh, uh, I'll say this, Notre Dame's the front runner in the recruiting race, I can assure you of that. <laughs> Kyle McCarthy, former Notre Dame football captain, joining us here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Kyle, uh, you know, let's go back to your playing days. What What are some of the memories that stand out to you the most? Uh, I know um, I always remember that interception against Michigan State. Uh, what a big moment down yeah. the stretch. What, what What stands out for you? Yeah, no, that, that you know that's certainly a highlight. Um, uh, one of the highlights for sure. I think it, it's hard to pinpoint one or two little things, but I think just you know the camaraderie of the guys in the locker room. I think uh, you know Notre Dame. It's it's a place that even that you know as I went on to the NFL, you you just appreciate how how close knit and, and the type of player that goes to Notre Dame and how how that is such a fraternity to play football at the University of Notre Dame. I have lifelong friends from my time there. And then just, you know, the, the, the lore of playing in that stadium and everything from, you know, the walk on Saturdays, uh, you know, with the great fans and the incredible um, Notre Dame nation, uh, the support they give and, and then running out of the tunnel. I mean, it's something that, uh, you know, I've mentioned it before, a, a Midwest kid, an Irish Catholic kid, I, I dreamed and, and hoped and prayed to go play in my, my dream out at Notre Dame. And to be able to run out of that tunnel is, is something that um, – is an indescribable feeling. It's uh, something that uh, can't be compared to anything, and and um, it's something that you know those those picture memories that I have thinking back on are, are are things that I'll always carry with me. And then you know obviously the big you know some of the big plays and things like that, but um, uh, are always great. But it's uh, it's certainly the little things that you miss and, and the camaraderie with the guys. And, and I imagine playing with your brother has to be up there too. I mean, not many people can say they. They got to play major Division One football with with their little brother. What does it mean to you, looking back to to be able to have done that with Danny? Yeah, again, it just a dream come true. You know, I I, I uh, beat him up in the front yard for years, and so I, I uh, it was uh, nice to see that uh, you know we could take it from the front yard uh, to Notre Dame. <laughs> and uh, I I remember uh, vividly, you know, his first game. Um, dressing, uh, I was a senior, and, and just pulling him up to the front of the line as we were out of the tunnel um, to do it together. And it's uh, it's uh, it's one of those moments that I'll never forget. And um, and then just you know, 
in college, you just, you know, watching him kind of develop into a man and into his own uh, group of friends and into his own person. It was, uh, you know, it was something special to have a front row seat for that. Kyle McCarthy, Notre Dame football captain from 2009, joining us here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Uh, Kyle, you you were grad assistant back in 2014 while you were battling the cancer. Um, I thought you were uh, tailor-made to be a future Notre Dame football coach, uh, but then you got out of it and you decided you're going you're gonna to represent future uh, coaches. Uh, Matt LaFleur, of yeah. course, former assistant, now the head coach of the Packers, is one of your clients. What made you decide – uh, okay, I'm not going to be a coach, but I'd rather be an agent. What made you make that decision? Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's a great question. Um, uh, Angel, I, I like you, I, I thought I, I fully uh, thought I'd be the head coach in our name someday, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> I, I uh, That was something that I always wanted to coach when I was done playing. And um, if I, you know, being completely honest, I, I think the – you know, what happened to me in the fall of 2014 with the diagnosis and the treatment and uh, that all kind of played a role in, in what I'm doing now. I think it kind of made me take a step back and think about, you know, what I want in my life and in the future. And I think that uh, a little more uh, stability on the home front and, and, and putting my roots down and, and having a family was something that was really, really appealing to me uh, while, while also trying to share my my um uh, experiences in the NFL and, and what I could do to help players. So it was just something that happened really organically through being a, very close with my former agent, uh, Brian Murphy at Athletes First, and, and, and kind of came up out of the blue with, hey, what do you want to do with your life? And I asked him what the heck you're talking about. I want to be a football coach. And he said, well, what do you think about being an agent? And I initially told him that I thought he was crazy. And then uh, after some more thought and prayer, uh, kind of, really just took a leap of faith with uh with my family and and my girlfriend at the time we we went out to california and and just kind of looked around and um it's one of those things where it's like geez that was five years ago now and uh uh can't believe it's been that long but it's been a great ride and and uh really think that i've, I've found a um kind of my role I uh, want to give you an opportunity maybe some words of advice or anyone that uh you know that that could be in a situation like you were five years ago, and and maybe making sure they go out and and they get it checked out. Uh, any words of advice in that in that area, Kyle? Yeah, no, I've had a lot of people uh, reach out to me about that, um, and and honestly, I think my advice is probably you know not don't try to be a tough guy. <laughs> you know, that, that, I think that's where I went wrong, and um, you know if you feel like something's wrong with it, there's no downside and. Uh, going to get checked out or going to talk to someone about what you're going through. And that's with anything, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, physical health and uh, a disease or, or mental health or, or whatever. I think, you know, in this society, oftentimes you're taught, especially, you know, with people with athletic backgrounds and, and football and things like that, you know, you're taught to be tough and to figure it out and all that stuff. And I think that, um, you know, that's kind of, honestly, I, my, my one regret is that I didn't, ask for help sooner and, and I think um, you know I, there's nothing to be ashamed of and, and to ask for help and, and that helps out there and there's people out there and, and that uh, uh, there's people out there that want to support you and help you and pray for you and be on your team and, and not to be afraid to ask for the help Well you were always in our prayers and we're so excited that you're now five years cancer free Kyle uh, thank you for, for sharing your story with us and uh, continued health to you and your family and uh, best of luck on uh, the agent front. Thank you. I appreciate it. Go Irish.
That is that is Kyle McCarthy, the former Irish captain from 2009. Uh, you know, Kevin, uh, someone asked me this. I said he's one of my favorite players that I've covered. And, and then I thought about him. Like, he's in my top five. I kind of, like, listed it out in my head. Uh, he was just uh, always a great person to cover uh, on top of the player. Uh, and uh, certainly great to hear he's now five years cancer-free. What stood out to you in that interview? Well, I think the fraternity of Notre Dame uh, football, you know, his faith, obviously, and then – one of my uh, actually grade school friends or lifelong friends in his 20s went through um, testicular cancer, and it does change your out, outlook on everything. So, um, yeah, it's just, uh, again, interesting to see how the faith can influence you and how you may have some plans, but God may have other plans for what you're going to do as far as an occupation. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, hearing that he he always thought he'd be the Notre Dame football coach, and, and then now he's an agent, so he's still got his uh, toe uh, very much in the water in, yep. in, on the football front. But as he said, having that st stability at home um, was something that was very important to him after he went through that cancer battle. All right, when we return, it's our game day sprint breaking down the matchup with Duke. We're back right after this in Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. We spend money on extras in our life. That extra cup of coffee the extra screen on our Netflix subscription, or that extra fee for faster shipping. But what if the bit of extra you give was more than a temporal gratification? By giving a little of your extra to Redeemer Radio, you are investing in the eternal. Souls are being changed every day because of what is being broadcast through the airwaves. Be a part of someone's conversion. Give a little extra to Redeemer Radio. We're gonna have to be on. Uh, offensively, uh, we have not executed at the highest of levels. We're going to have to execute better. Uh, the turnovers have to obviously, um, um, you know, go away. Um, we'll build off of the last two drives uh, uh, offensively of the game uh, against uh, Virginia Tech. All right, Notre Dame versus Duke tonight at 7.30 on the ACC Network. Irish are 6-2, Duke 4-2. Notre Dame coming off a 21-20 win over Virginia Tech last week. Duke beat Virginia Tech earlier this year 45-10. If you're saying, oh no, uh, by the way, Duke has lost two games in a row, including two weeks ago at Virginia 48-14. Notre Dame beat Virginia 35-20. So, um, But certainly the defensive line is a big factor for the Blue Devils. Here's what Brian Kelly had to say about the Notre Dame or the Duke defensive line. Dismuke and, and Rumpf, uh, the front four is very, very good. Um, very, very good front. Play the, 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 uh, the, the, the run very well. Um, Got some really good athletes uh, and, and are deep on the defensive line, uh, one of the deeper groups that we're going to play. They've lost a couple of linebackers to graduation, but uh, again, those guys are extremely athletic. You know, I, I think, uh, you know, in the back end of their defense, they'd like to play some man coverage. They've got some guys that can run. Um, good looking team, you know, uh, across the board. All right, uh, what are your thoughts on the defensive line, Kevin, when you've looked at some of the film on Duke? Yeah, I think that they're good. Uh, number 95 and number 51, but basically their whole front's pretty solid, and then they, even though it's a new linebacker, they have a good middle linebacker coming in. And if you take into account uh, Notre Dame's kind of weakness with the run game, then that's a little scary in the two <laughs> new offensive linemen. Yeah, Trevor 
McSwain is number 95. Victor, let me see if I can get this. D. May. KG, Dima KJ, 7.5 tackles for loss, 6.5 sacks, um, is the star defensive lineman. And uh, Kobe Kwanza is the middle linebacker, 72 tackles, 7.5 tackles for loss. On offense, Quentin Harris, dual threat, uh, has rushed for 408 yards, has thrown for 1,500 yards. The running back is Deion ja Jackson. He's only ru he's rushed for 487 yards. Wide receiver, Jalen Calhoun. All right, if you're uh, David Cutcliffe, what are you worried about here uh, tonight, Kevin? Uh, I think I'd be worried most just about the Notre Dame defensive line. You know, it's supposed to be one of the strengths, um, especially because he's such an offensive guy. They do some weird stuff, though, with that mobile quarterback. They even get under center for flex bone, so – uh, it's a head scratcher on that one. <laughs> uh, I actually I agree with you. The defensive line uh, would be the biggest concern if I was David Cutler. All right, what worries you most if you're Brian Kelly? I'd say the same thing. Just the Duke defensive line against uh, you know my banged up offensive line and the uh, run game that has had issues. All right, and, and mine is uh, all right. You were able to challenge your guys, get them back where you needed it to after the embarrassing loss. Now where are they mentally? Can they stay focused for a game, or does a collapse happen tonight? That would be my biggest concern. All right, what's your prediction? I think Notre Dame wins, but, again, it's going to be close. Uh, Notre Dame 35, Duke 28. Okay. I, I got Notre Dame 30, Duke 24. So I, I think it'll be close as well. Um, but I wouldn't. I also wouldn't be surprised if Notre Dame won by two, three touchdowns because Duke just isn't – that good. They've, they've been better in, in years past. All right, that'll do it for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays, Notre Dame FCU, where you bank does matter. Thanks to our audio operator today, uh, Matt Florian and Ilya Glazman. For Kevin Downey, I'm Angel DiCarlo. Notre Dame and Michigan will kick off at 7.30 tonight on the ACC Network. Again, be sure to check to see if you have the ACC Network. If what did I say? Notre Dame and Michigan? Yeah, Notre Dame and Duke. Yes, <laughs> Notre Dame and Duke. We don't want – well, maybe some Always people... on our mind. <laughs> yeah. If you have Shell Com shock. If you have Comcast, you, you uh, will not have the AC Network, so you're going to get a one-week free trial to get the game. We close our show with the prayer from the Irish Team Chapel. Hi, this is Father Nate Wills. I'm a Holy Cross priest, a faculty member at Notre Dame's Alliance for Catholic Education, and one of the chaplains to the Notre Dame football team. This is a prayer that the players pray together at the end of our pregame Mass. Let us pray. Grant, we beseech you, O Lord our God, that we may enjoy continual health of mind and body, and by the glorious intercession of Mary Our Lady, may we accept the joys and trials of this life and someday enter into eternal happiness. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Go Irish! This has been a presentation of Redeemer Radio Sports. Thanks for joining us for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Enjoy today's game. Hi, this is Tony Catanzarit for Catanzarit Financial Services. We are proud to bring you this message and invitation from the legendary Lou Holtz. For victory in life, we've got to keep focused on the goal, and the goal is heaven. The key to winning is choosing to do God's will and love others with all you've got. Sacrifice, discipline, and prayer are essential. We gain strength through God's word. We receive grace from the sacraments. And when we fumble due to sin and it's going to happen, confession puts us back on the field. So if you haven't been going to Mass Weekly, get back in the game. 
We're saving your seat on the starting bench this Sunday. What a great message from Lou. When it comes down to it, this is all about family values for us at Catanzary Financial Services, and I bet for you too. If you would like to develop a retirement plan that reflects your family values, visit CatanzaryFinancial.com to register for classes held through IU South Bend or email me directly at Tony at CatanzaryFinancial.com. Securities and advisory services offered through Harbor Investment, Inc., member SIPC.